Well, I will tell you this. Like I said before, I don't know if this will be the shortest or the longest message. We'll figure that out. But uh, I want to carry you guys along the way. You see, my friend Sydney. He's carried me along the way. What better verse to read this morning? Go ye therefore and make disciples. You guys know that's what you're supposed to do? It's not just Sid's job. It's not just Brian's job. It's all of our jobs. And uh, so, you guys watch Family Feud with Steve Harvey? We got a good one for you today. Okay? Uh, that's at least how I feel about it. I'm sure that's how God feels about it. Uh, no matter what's spoken today, know that it's been bathed in prayer, and it's exactly what God wants to say. It's not me saying it. It's what God's given me. When Sydney asked me to bring the word today, uh, God had already given me some scriptures, and, um, and so... And then he said, well, I want you to give a little update about your ministries and what God's doing. And, uh, and so that's what I'm going to do today. I'll try to be as to the point and direct. If you don't like directness, probably not the message for you this morning because I'm going to get in your face, right? Because that's what motorcycle club guys do. <laughs> uh, so I promise I won't speak motorcycle club language, but... Uh, <laughs> now I got everybody really scared. Uh, so anyways, let me just say this, much like Steve Harvey says on Family Feud, when he doesn't want to repeat the question, you know, the first part of the question, you know, we've asked 100 men or 100 women, uh, you know, so he just kind of gets that out of the way. One thing I want you to hear today is everything that I'm saying to you is not a reflection of me bragging on anything other than what Jesus Christ is doing in and through my life and my wife's life through being available and obedient to Jesus Christ. It's the same thing that you could do. You just have to make yourself available and be obedient to what that looks like. And so as we share today about the ministry and things that are going on, understand it's not Steve and it's not Susan. We're using the tools that God has given us to be able to disciple men and women and just walk alongside of them. So guys, if you could put up the, uh, that first slide there. Um, these guys, I'm, I'm not real help on. Uh, it's the one that has uh, the ministries on it. it, has Shine, Disciple Christian Motorcycle Club, Fireplug Ministries. Oh, no, we don't have any of it. Okay, all right, that's, that's all right, we're going to move on. And so, uh, you know, I was a fireman for almost 30 years. I'm good at adaptation and racking up and regrouping because let me tell you this, that if something doesn't work, Chief uh, Tucker could tell you this, uh, you got to change what you're doing. If not, so goes the first line, so goes the fire. So uh, I always used to teach my guys, some of the newest guys coming in, like, listen, if you see something, say something. Like, I can't see everything. So anyways, we're just going to move past all of that. So uh, I will tell you this, that Susan and I are involved with, number one, Heritage Community Church. We are being sent by you, church. Uh, this is what 
Heritage Community Church is all about, getting out, beside, out beyond the walls. You are the church. This just happens to be the place where we gather. So I will tell you this, because of your generosity and what you do for us, as, as allowing us to be on mission, we're able to, to be involved in a lot of different things that God's called us to. Now, I'm not fooled that some of you in this room today, God is dealing with you, has been dealing with you already. You just got to put it into action. You got to make yourself available. Can I get real with you this morning? Can I ask you a question? How many of you on TikTok? Nobody wants to raise their hand, but I see a lot of hands here. Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot here. Can I just tell you a little story about this? I got on TikTok and my mind was like, okay, you know, like I could probably use this to be doing something, you know, like sharing something about Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm not knocking TikTok in a platform that you can use to do that. I'm not the guy to do that. I realized it after having it and I had to delete the app because here's what I do know. It was wasting a lot of my time. I would catch myself just going through. There's a lot of funny stuff on there. There's a lot of stuff that you don't want to look at, right? And so uh, I'm reminded of this little song that says, oh, be careful little eyes what you see, be careful little ears what you hear. And, uh, and so um, sometimes it's what we invest our time in. Is, and, and we have to ask ourselves, what's, that, what's important for that? Right, like what is important for you to invest your time in? And what I realized is TikTok wasn't one of them. So I had to get off of it. And, uh, and so, now I'm not telling you that, you know, to delete your account or whatever. I'm telling you that it, do, it may not be TikTok. It may be something else that's taking your time away from you being able to be a disciple for Jesus Christ. What does that look like for you? You see, you have to make yourself available. Susan and I left Tallahassee at six o'clock yesterday morning. We were in Leesburg by nine little after. From there, we went to our RV that's set up in Sumterville, and I was there for just long enough to get my stuff together, and I was on a mission for the club. Drove my bike all the way to Sarasota, met with a guy for 45 minutes, which, by the way, was a God-ordained meeting. Got back on my bike and was back in Sumterville by later on yesterday evening. Now, I'm going to remind you what Steve Harvey said in the beginning, right? It's not me. It is just Jesus Christ working through us, making ourselves available and being obedient to what he's called us to do because whether you believe it or not, people in this room, statistics would tell us that there's people in here that need a relationship with Jesus Christ and they don't have one. That's first and foremost. So I will tell you this, that as you sit here and you listen to these updates and stuff is that you think about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, maybe you know Christ, but it's not where it should be. You need to dust the Bible off and get to it because everything's in there and we'll get to that. So uh, let me uh, pull out my notes here. I chase rabbits if you guys uh, just bear with me. So uh, let me just share with you about SHINE, Sustainable Hope and Necessary Endeavors. Myself, Jeff Bell, Scott Rennick, uh, there's some other people. Hannah uh, was part of that uh, in the beginning stages. It's changed a little bit over the years. But we provide things in Haiti. Right now it's Haiti. That's our focus. 
You help us in the mission. There's other churches that are involved in helping with the mission. Uh, there's community businesses that help us. Romac Lumber is one of them. They sent a truck over when we loaded this container. Uh, the most recent one we sent, we sent half of the container was filled with, with uh, aid supplies for the hurricane relief. We partnered with New Life uh, Ministries there in Orphanage in, in, in the country of Haiti. So all we had to do was get it there and we loaded from the container into their truck and they took care of it. By the way, all that stuff has been delivered, to my knowledge. And uh, so they have mana packs, they have tents, tarps, all of these things, and you guys make that possible. I have some pictures of um, a few of the, the students that we sponsor in school. And that's what we do. Like Shine is for sustainability. So we, we kind of work in the fishing arena. So, but, but more than that, we want to be able to train and bring, bring them up, give them opportunity for an education. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the least amount it costs for a child to go to school in Haiti is $550. That's the least, primary and secondary education. The college is a lot more expensive or trade school. So our plan is, the, is uh, we, we have relationships with different people and uh, an orphanage in, in um, Jeff, help me out with the name. Gun Eves. And so... And so um, we are actually sponsoring. I say we because I'm part of Heritage Community Church. Understand that, right? So you guys have a part in that. You guys have a part in, in all of our other, uh, the name just escapes me. You guys forgive me because sometimes I lose my train of thought. I have so much stuff in my head, but, but uh, our partners, our partners, our ministry partners. So I will just tell you this, that... Uh, we have that we're sponsoring kids for an education. So what does that mean? That means that it's creating a sustainability for them to learn, get an education, to go on to a trade school or, or a college, okay? Oh, you guys did find it. Oh, awesome. Uh, can you go to that, that next slide there? Um, so this is the container that we, uh, we loaded here. By the way, there was some of you guys that were part of that. Thank you so much for coming and helping with that. Uh, the truck on the left that you see there with the closed door, that's the, the, the truck that we actually loaded the, the earthquake supplies on. And uh, can you go to the next one, please? So uh, this is it. It's about empty. I just got to tell you this. We loaded this container in two hours here with a forklift. Thank God for Romac lumber. Uh, everything came off by hand. I was there. <laughs> uh, I bought the T-shirt, you know, so I've <laughs> been there, done that. Uh, but, uh, man, to watch these guys work, but that's how they do it, right? And that's how we had to do it. And so, you know, th this is uh, fish food that we have for uh, our partners. Let me preface this. Everything that we do is for the ability to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? So we're teaching we're teaching them how to learn and how to do these things um, so that they can have a sustainable income and not have to beg. Now, recently, you go to the next one, guys. So recently, you've made it possible uh, for us to have some employees. And so the guy on the right here is, is Carlos. Uh, the guy in the middle 
uh, he's not one of our employees, but he's the guy that interprets for me. His name is Clark. The other guy on the left is Simpson, and we just hired Simpson. Uh, he'll start in January 1. That's because you guys are a part of this. Now, if God would lay on your heart, because I know that you know, a lot of people are not going to travel to Haiti right now. Uh, I was there recently. I didn't, I didn't spread that just for safety reasons uh, because of the kidnappings. But I will tell you this, that one of the ladies that was kidnapped, their family gave it all to be able to get her back. You guys had a part in sponsoring their child to go to school because they didn't have enough money to send the kid to school. So we partnered with them and, and their child is now able to go to school. That's what Shine is doing. And so I asked for a meeting with the, uh, with the kidnappers. By the way, if this is out there online, if you guys are watching me from Mosaic 400, uh, I'm not hard to find. I would really love to sit down and talk to you. And uh, sometimes it takes being that bold, you know. Uh, I'm not scared of it. And so I have a healthy respect for it. But when you do God's work, it comes at a price. When you live God's way, it comes at a price. And so, uh, go to the next slide, guys. These are, these are just a few of the kids. I believe now, uh, Jeff, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're at five now. We're at five students that we're, we're actually uh, sponsoring. Takes between $550 to $1,000, somewhere in that area. All of these numbers, guys, that I'm telling you, these are numbers that are ongoing. So if God would lay on your heart as you're watching this that you want to help us uh, with, with the mission, you can go to shinemission.org uh, and, and you can make a donation there. Just put on there what it's for. You can do that. I'm sure that Heritage Community Church would facilitate making sure that if you wanted to donate to that. Listen, we are a giving church. I mean, isn't God great? $55,000 and we're not done yet. That's amazing, you know? And so uh, we put God, uh, we're talking to Bill O'Brien this morning, he's talking about put God in a briefcase, you know? We put God in this box. And what I have learned is, this, is that we just have to make ourselves available and be obedient to walk that out. So what's he talking to you about? Because I know for a fact that God, the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you today, right now as I'm talking. And it may not be to go to Haiti. It may not be to go to any place. It may just, you need to talk to your neighbor or you need to talk to somebody in the grocery store line. Uh, our mission field is right where we're at. So, uh, all right, guys, going to the next. Okay, so we talked about Shine. That's what Shine's doing. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you that you guys have a big part in us having a guest house there too. So we now have a guest house where we keep all of our stuff and we, we operate from there. So uh, when things open back up, we will have a place that we can take a team and, and we can work out from there. That's because of your generosity. So thank you so much for what you're doing and the partners that we have. Uh, and um, so it's just a testament to how God works. So you, you see this... Uh, this slide here is, uh, is a slide from Disciple Christian Motorcycle Club, and that's a lot of what we do. God has uh, given us the ability to be able to use motorcycles and talk about Jesus. And so what you see here, let me back up. 
Our mission is to disciple men to have a daily word and prayer time and support the 1% world in prayer. Now, if you want to know what the 1% world is, you can look it up. I'm not going to talk about that here. Just don't do it on a work computer. That's all I'm, I'm just precursing it, okay? So, so look it up and, and you can see what that looks like. But all we do is, uh, is we just hang out and we build relationships, much like our pastor has taught most of us in this room. We build relationships. And so uh, what you see in here is we, we have runs. I call them mini revivals. You know, if, if you kind of followed us, you would see that we're gone a lot and we're at these runs. They're kind of like a mini revival. So we meet up. We're able to pour into each other, disciple each other. We have a, uh, usually a Saturday night service and we usually have baptisms. At our Thunder Beach rally this year, we had eight baptisms and uh, we had uh, three different people come to know the Lord. And uh, I wanna share with you today, there's two people here that uh, I already asked them uh, I'm not going to ask them to come up, but they're in the back. Darian and Wyatt McGuire, will you guys stand up? Thank you. I appreciate that. So you guys can see that. You didn't know this, but you have a part in their lives because of Disciple Christian Motorcycle Club. Both of them came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ at that run. But it took, it took a year. Let me say that again. It took a year of walking beside this couple, just loving them, sharing with them. Now I have a little bit different because Wyatt is my... I'm his club sponsor. So there was a little bit, there was a little bit of uh, a responsibility on my part for him. And so I used my leverage as his ma, that's what we call it in the club, uh, to be able to do devotions with, with him. After the first week, was it, uh, you asked me if you could add Darian to that. All we did, guys, listen, something as simple as the Bible app and you invite and you do these devotions and you can read what each other's getting from it and we would share back and forth on those devotions, right? Not punching somebody in the face but loving on them, building that relationship. I could tell you story after story after story with this. There's another guy sitting here. Larry, stand up. For those of you who don't know it... <laughs> The first two men's retreat, Larry wouldn't even talk to me. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. But now, Larry is a part of the club, and, uh, and, and he was a prayer sergeant at one time where he wouldn't even talk to people. And, uh, but it's not, it's, it's, we're only using the tools, people, that God's given us to be able to do this. It's what God's doing in and through us because we've made ourselves available and we're obeying him. And so, uh, these guys on the right here, these are guys in Mexico. I've been there twice this year. And uh, I'm going to tell you a little story about these guys. So, I just get, I am so excited for you guys to hear this. 
So uh, I wasn't at this trip recently, the most recent trip, but these guys, you know, like we hang out with one percenters. And so there was some other guys from the club that went down there. They spent time there. And uh, there were four one percenters that gave their lives to Christ the night they were in there. That's a God thing, right? You guys have a part in that because you send us. And it's, it's how we do things. But I'm telling you this, man, God is at work. Our club has a, has a uh, desire for global revival and, uh, you know, helping those that, that are in need, feeding the poor and things like this. So um, can you go to the next picture? So I was talking about the baptisms. This was some of my time in Brazil. So even in Brazil, God is working. We had three baptisms in Brazil when I was there. Um, the guy holding, that's, that's uh, Jason Neverdie is his name. Uh, that's, holding, that's actually his son. And uh, he got to baptize him that day. And uh, such a privilege. Uh, but but uh, Jason is uh, a, a wonderful man of God, him and Lilo. Uh, the other gentleman there, uh, just phenomenal men of God. But that's, that's, what, that's what they're called to do, disciple men. Go to the next slide, guys. So at Thunder Beach, uh, we had, uh, we, I was telling you we had these baptisms. So you can't really see the picture here on the right, but I will tell you it's a very special friend of mine that I built a relationship with. And uh, he's part of a club that we minister to. He got saved a year and a half, two years ago. One, about a year ago. And uh, followed in baptism with us. And, and, and his wife rededicated her life. And, and we baptized her as well as a couple. And uh, so that's some of the things that we're doing. But you make that possible. You make that possible. The other side is a, is a, a couple by the name of uh, Mike and Desiree. Mike and Desiree, two years ago, were getting ready to end their marriage. They were getting ready to call it quits. Something told me, uh, just to go out back, he was flipping burgers on, a, you know, uh, we're getting ready to feed people. Uh, some of the other guys had gone, so we were just kind of there. There was another guy standing there. But I started talking to him and just sharing with him about certain things, uh, you know, about Susan and I in our relationship and our marriage of 36 years. By the way, thank you. She's a saint, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, hanging out with me for 36 years. Oh, boy. But uh, Mike and Desiree were getting ready to call it quits. I don't know, maybe that's you in here, husband and wife. Maybe you're at a point where you just come to church, put on a smile, and uh, when you go home, you're not, you're just there. I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. It's no fun. And I promise you that it's, it's because you need Jesus Christ in your relationship. I promise you that. So here's the thing is, all I did was talk to this guy. So I'm talking to this guy and I'm telling him, you know, uh, just sharing with him about, you know, some relationship things that we've went through and how that, that could change. His wife comes out. We get in this conversation, and um, 
the conversation is over with, I didn't think anything about it. Honestly, I don't really remember everything I said. He comes to me later that the next day and he says, what you said is going to save our marriage. I said, no, it wasn't what I said. It's what the Holy Spirit said through me because I don't even remember what I told you. But I can tell you this, that if you don't put Jesus Christ first in everything you do, it's not going to work. You may force it, but I guarantee it'll be hard. So uh, Mike asked me before this run, he wanted... He, he asked me if they could, if I would do their vows with them because they, when they got married, they weren't Christians and they wanted, to, they wanted to say Christian vows and they wanted to have Christ involved with that. So we were able to do that on the beach. This is, this is some of the product of what you church are involved with because you allow us as full-time missionaries to do this. So, so it, this, is, this is you guys. Now, if you want to be a part of that, you, you may not be a part of that right now. And, and if you want to help us, all you got to do is, is you can make a donation to Heritage Community Church. Just put Stephen Susan Whitaker on it or Fireplug. Whatever, Fireplug's my road name. And so uh, I know that's kind of weird, right? And I've had some interesting conversations about that road name, but uh, we won't talk about that here. But, but anyways, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it's because I was in the fire service for 30 years and uh, one of the guys... Uh, a really great friend of mine, Gary Glover, uh, he, he said to the group of men, he said, I believe Steve needs fire plug because he was a fireman, but yet he was that cool drink of water that when, when guys needed it, he just spoke it, right? Because I don't, maybe it's different for us firemen. I, I don't know, but sometimes, you know, you look at a situation and everybody's running around like Chicken Little and you're like, you're always, you know, per perusing and trying to size up the situation and make a decision how to, you know, mitigate it. And so uh, I just looked at things from a different perspective. That's what I'm asking you to do today. You got to change your mindset. You guys know the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. It doesn't work like that. It took me a long time. I paid a lot of money for a guy to help me with that. I wish I'd have done it a lot sooner. It would have, it would have helped me in my marriage and the, and the things that went on there. By the way, I'm going to give you some tidbits. These are free. and that's, Sydney's not going to charge you for these. But there's a few sayings that I like to say and I like to teach is that when your emotions are high, your intelligence gets really low. So speak with your brain and not your emotions. Because here's what happened. Every person in this room knows when they're getting upset. It's that flutter in your stomach, your lip starts to quiver, whatever that is. I promise you, that's not the time to speak. Ask me how I know. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. That was the old Steve. Ask the guys at Leesburg Fire Department, they'll tell you. I used to say, don't, don't push me. You won't want the old Steve to show back up. And so, um, anyways, go to the next slide, guys. So here's some countries that we're involved with because of your generosity. We are involved with Mexico, Guatemala, Costa Rica, Colombia, Chile, Venezuela, Argentina, and Brazil. I've been to Brazil, Mexico, Costa Rica. I just got back from a few weeks ago. Uh, my plan is to be in Colombia. And uh, I want to go to Chile. It's pretty expensive. Uh, Venezuela, you can't get to. 
And uh, it's pretty tough for our guys in Venezuela. And, uh, and so, but these are, these are the, the countries. Now, what you see on the screenshot here is most every week we are discipling. Whether they are discipling us or we are discipling them, it's a conglomerate. It comes together. We're being encouraged by each other. And so we do it via Zoom, obviously. But I will tell you this, that the one on the right is Susan with the ladies. And the one on the left is me with the men. Now, these, all of these countries are represented in those meetings. Amen. Why am I sharing this? Is because you too could do that. Somebody in here today, is, God's already been speaking to you that you needed to do something. Get out of your comfort zone. I don't know what that is, but you need to get out of your comfort zone today, right? And we're going to talk about that. And I'm trying to hurry up. Uh, so go to the next slide, guys. I uh, just wanted to share with you that we, we were sending some food uh, to our Venezuelan brothers and sisters over there. And uh, so we do that. We have a thing in the club called the Sisters of Mercy. And, and so the Sisters of Mercy uh, is a way for us to, uh, when somebody wants to donate to help us feed somebody or in, in the Latin America area, they can go to the disciplechristianmc.com and you can go to the, the donation page and, and help out for them. But, uh, but this is just real proof that we're doing what we say we're doing. It's nothing more. It's not the brag. It's the brag on Jesus. Because I don't, it, it took that, that one box a month to get there. And so uh, it's a process for sure. So uh, go to the next slide, guys. So this is, uh, everybody ask us, where are you guys at now? We're, so, so we're set up in Sumterville. Sumterville, Florida. And uh, that's our home base. When we came back a year ago, we, we didn't plan on being here, uh, but God had other plans. And so we are in the process of taking care of uh, some things that we need to take care of the guys call us to do here. And so in that, we, do, we work the mission from right here. We live in this RV that God provided for us. We sold everything we had. Can I just tell you there were five boxes that I moved five times that Susan would not let me get rid of. And so <laughs> I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you want us to do what? He's like, yeah. I said, Lord, what about them five boxes? What are we gonna do with them? He's like, you don't worry about that. I said, okay. So Susan and I started talking about it. And from across the room, I said, uh, I said what? What are we going to do with them five boxes out there? <laughs> she said, I guess we're going to have to get rid of them. I knew right then. There was no question. God, make it so clear that I cannot deny this is what we're supposed to do. It's amazing. When you live in obedience and making yourself available, I can't describe it. I wouldn't be standing before you here. I can promise you that. I'm a boots on the ground kind of guy. So the, uh, the next picture you see here is of our, is this truck and the motorcycle. So, which was God's gift. And uh, 
We put 37,000 miles in the last 18 months on the truck and 24,500 I put on the bike. Susan doesn't ride a whole lot. And most of those miles are for mission work. I would say 95% of those miles are for mission work. Why did I share that? Because you got to get out of the pew. You can't just come here on Sunday morning, walk out the door and think it's all good. Get outside your comfort zone. Do what God's calling you to do. I know I'm talking to somebody in here, but, but you, you've been, you've been, uh, you ain't been listening. And so I just call it like I see it. And uh, Sydney may never ask me to speak again, <laughs> again once we're done. But, but uh, anyways, so I'm going to try to make this go through these scriptures really quickly. But I want you to hear this. Uh, can you go to the next slide? Matthew 19, 16 through 26. If you want to turn over there, I'll read that in just a second. What is, what is cluttering your world that you need to get rid of in order to be used of God? I told God several years ago that I'd never go back to Haiti unless he wrote it in the sand. I forgot the sticky note that he had Susan write it on that I was going to show you this morning. It said, Steve Haiti. I was mad. I was mad at him, Sidney Brock, because he was in Haiti and he was messaging me about, he wanted to, he's talking about, we got to move this church. Maybe we can even build one. Maybe we can do this or that. And I told Susan, I said, he going to want me to go down there. I know Sidney Brock. And, and Susan looked at me and said, well, maybe you should listen to what God tells you to do and then you need to be obedient. Because if God's calling you, that, then that's what you need to do. So she smacked me with it. And uh, so anyways, uh, while I was there, I didn't just go back to Haiti. I spent three weeks there in a village with no running water and no electricity, right? Boy, did God just teach me some lessons. By the second week, God said, you got to come back here. I'm like, what? I got to come back here? Yeah, so, so uh, and, and he said, when you go back home, I want you to get rid of all that clutter. I'm like, what clutter are you talking about? He's like, you know, all that, all that stuff in your garage. You got to get rid of that stuff. You don't need it. Most of that stuff you haven't seen in a year, maybe two years. Maybe you've moved them five boxes five times. Haven't even opened them. True story. Never opened them. Five moves. But they were there. So, what is cluttering your life? I don't know about you guys, but there's nothing, there's nothing better than when you, when you have a, uh, you know, you're trying to walk around your garage or your house and there's all this stuff, but then you clean it up. You know what I'm talking about. Like we just went through Christmas Day, you know, everybody's walking around with a trash bag, picking all the paper up because you can't walk anywhere. You know how it feels when it's, when it's nice, crisp, and clean? So what happens when we have this clutter in our life? Now, I'm, I'm talking to somebody. What clutter is in your life that you need to get rid of in order for you to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? I'm talking to you, ladies. I'm talking to you, men. Kids. Anybody that's old enough to understand what I'm saying. But you see, clutter doesn't always look like 
boxes sitting in a garage. It could be something inside here. Okay? Could be something inside of us that's causing that problem, that clutter. And we got we to get rid of it. And so, uh, Matthew 19. Now, I, I, I prayed that over these scriptures, and I'm like, Lord, I don't know if this is going to make sense or not, but I'm going to read them anyways. God's word cuts like a two-edged sword. And so, let it, let, if it's meant for you, then take it. If it's not, then just keep moving. But, but God's word doesn't return void. So, uh, we're talking about Matthew 19 through 26. Uh, I'm sorry, Matthew, yeah, 16 through 26. I said that wrong. Chapter 19, 16 through 26. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. Honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these things I have kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions, give to the poor, and you will, you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is harder for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are, are possible. So she's talking about what shall we do? You know, keep the commandments. And uh, while you may not be murdering somebody, in the physical sense, are you murdering something? Are you murdering somebody in your mind? You know, we don't often think about things like that. But sometimes we're doing all of this inside of our mind. We got to stop that. And so, uh, sell all your possessions. Now, I'm not standing up here and telling you to go home and sell everything you got and do what. I'm telling you today to make yourself available and then follow Jesus Christ and be obedient to what he's calling you to do. How are you going to do that? You got to pick up a copy of God's word and you got to start reading it and praying through it and asking him to guide you along the way. That's what I'm saying. It looks different for everybody. Thank God, we're not all the same. Even for the children. Uh, man, this was so wonderful this morning, this baptism, and then the scripture that she read, right? Go ye therefore make disciples. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, it's good stuff. So can you go to the next slide? Do you feel like this baby elephant? I asked this question. I read this recently in a book. I'm going to get down here. You know what they do with baby elephants? When, when they're trying to train them, they chain them to a stake. So the whole time, they're constantly pulling on it. You know, they're trying to get away from it. But it's how they, it's how they teach them. 
So, go to the next slide, guys. This is an adult elephant. And as an adult, are you still letting the past keep you chained to the stake? So you see, things that happened in our lives back, way back when, we still, we still doing this. Because we don't think we have the power or ability to get out of it. They've grown, we've grown so accustomed to just doing it because we were chained for so I don't know what those chains look like either. Abuse. I don't know, bad marriage. Whatever it is for you. It's that clutter inside of our minds and inside of our life that's keeping us chained to this stink that all we have to do is to know that we have the power through Jesus Christ to be able to break those chains. Hence, the piece of chain that you have. Now, I know that everybody didn't get one of these. And I apologize for that. If you have one of these chains, maybe you want to get you a chain link and have somebody cut it for you. Get you a Sharpie and write whatever that is on it and put it where you can see it or put it in your pocket. Because I'm telling you this, that we allow things that happen in our life to keep us right where we're at because that's how the devil works. He wants us to stay chained to the stake. He doesn't want you to know that you have the power to be able to break those chains through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And through the hard work. Listen, being a Christian is hard. It's some of the hardest work I've done. Chief, I've been to a lot of fires and I've done a lot of hard work. But being a Christian is hard. But I'm telling you, it's so rewarding. When you can look around and you can see the change in people's lives. It's not the change that we have, it's the change through the power of the Holy Spirit working through them. So my question is, what has you chained? And, and is it that clutter? So there's some few other scriptures I want to get to. And we'll go through these. John 1.1. 1, 1. John 1.1 1, 1 says, you may be familiar with it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Can I share with you today that in Jesus Christ and in his word is the light, and he wants it to shine through you? Not tomorrow, today. He wants that light to shine through you. Susan and I pray every morning, God, let, let your light so shine through us so that people may know that the name of the Lord is on us. It's not us. It's us being available and obedient. But God's word is, is, is the beginning. So we have to start there with God's word. Listen, if you don't understand it, I tell guys all the time. I don't, I don't okay. I want you to open up a copy of God's word Start in Psalms and Proverbs. Read a Proverbs for each day, of the week, uh, each day of the month and read Psalms. If you start there and you pray and ask God to help you get something from his word, I promise you he'll do it. It won't return void. Just start there. Something simple. We make it so complicated, don't we? 
I mean, we, we, we're, we're struggling. We, we just complicate things. It's, it's easy. And I love the illustration today of, the, uh, of, of this child following in baptism. Because that's how we have to do it. We have to be like the little child. None of us want to do that because our pride gets in the way. Any of, you, any of you out here dealing with pride today? I see a lot of guys walk from the club because they won't let their pride go and they miss it. Pride's killing your marriage, guys. Let me say that again. Pride is killing your marriage, guys. Pride is killing your marriage, women, because you're not willing to let it go. Some things you just have to say, hey, I don't understand this. Let's pray about it. I ask this question at club events all the time. How many men in here with a show of hands pray with your wife every day? Guys, you got some work to do. I'm telling you, it will change your marriage. Pray with them every single day. It will change your marriage. I promise you. It will create an intimacy that, that grows stronger and stronger. And I don't mean the kind, I don't mean physical. I mean spiritual intimacy. Guys, you're called to be the spiritual head of your house. You're called to do this. Set the example. Ladies, our men need some help. Could you help them? Because if there's one thing I know of talking to some of the sisters in the club, they say this, I wish my husband would pray with me. Have you told them that? Have you sat down and said, hey, will you pray with me? Ladies, come on, we're guys. We don't get it. We just be real, okay? So uh, turn over to Ephesians 10 through 20. I didn't say what? Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Let me just read this for you. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor, so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to, be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can, you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert always. Keep, keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. So how are we going to disciple? How are we going to change? We believe that, we agree that the, 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 that the word of God is truly inspired, right? Now we're going to put on his armor, right? We'll start with... with having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because believe it or not, there's a spiritual realm. And the old devil, he fights against us. Guys, what's up in your house that needs to get gone? Because it continually has something there that the evil one can use. Maybe something simple, I don't know. But sometimes you got to look around and you got to say, why is this happening? 
So it's something that Susan and I have grown to do. We're not always good at it, but we try to as, as you know, when, when, when conflict comes, it's like, we're not, we're not fighting against each other. We're fighting against, we're fighting against this, this, uh, this thing, you know, whatever that is. And we need to recognize what that looks like. Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I hold on to this. Whatever you have learned, put into practice. Now, you got to practice it to be able to play it. We had a thing in the fire department that said perfect practice makes perfect play. But we got to practice it so that we can get better, right? Sidney wasn't always that guy, right? He had to practice he had to get out of his comfort zone. And because of that, I look around and I see the men's lives and the family's lives that have changed because he's been available and obedient, him and his family. They've been such a, a tool, an instrument God has used to show me, to help me in my walk. Who's in your circle that you need to help? See, guys, I know that some of you have employees, you have uh, workers, uh, you know, Co-workers, whatever that looks like. Neighbors, whatever that looks like. What are you doing to put into practice what God is leading you to do? I have this question a lot of times and they say, well, I don't, I don't, know, the, I don't know the voice of God. I, hear me out. This is not heresy. It's just, it's just a way, okay? If it is morally and ethically right, it doesn't go against God's word and it's gonna bring joy or peace to somebody. Wouldn't it be okay to do that? Would you guys agree with that? It would be okay to do that, you know? And so in that, then we begin to, we begin to, to train our mind and our, our thought life, right? To listen for that still small voice that says, hey, it nudges you. If, if the Holy Spirit nudges you and said, you probably should talk to this person. Man, if I've been with Sid hundreds of times where I've seen him sit on a curb and talk to somebody because that's what Jesus would do. All he's doing is putting into practice what he's called to do. Who in here needs to, to do that today? We need to put it into practice. And so I, I, hope, I hope this is making sense. Matthew 6, 6 through 8. And I'll wind it up if I can. It says here in Matthew 6, 6 through 8, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans for, for, they, will, um, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This is how you should pray. And it's the Lord's prayer. I tell men and women, if you don't know how to pray, Start there. That's a good start. But listen, you talk to Jesus just like I'm talking to you guys. 
Have a conversation with them. That's the most important thing is being real. So my challenge today is what's the clutter that's got you still chained to the stake that you can't move out of where you're at to be used of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ? To go ye therefore and make disciples. What is that? Now, maybe, maybe you can't travel overseas, but you can help somebody that does. Maybe you can't uh, do certain things, but you know somebody that does. I think that means a lot. I know it does for us, especially as, as being full-time missionaries and, and doing what God's called us to do. Sometimes we look at God, uh, I mean, we wake up in the morning, we look at each other, and, and we literally just pray, God, what is it today? And the God's honest truth, my phone will ring, and I'll spend four hours on a phone call. And sometimes we don't think that's important. And maybe you don't have the time to do that. But you have to just, you have to work around your circumstances. So you have that piece of chain, and it's just an illustration of breaking the chains, breaking that chain from the stake that's held you down for so long. Some of you in here, it's been years. I don't know what that looks like. But I can tell you this, that God wants to set you free. But he needs you to do your part. So as we wind up today, uh, first of all, I want to tell you thank you. I hope that God has spoken to you. Listen, um, as usual, you know, Sid will be down front. I'll, I'll, I'll be here. If there's something that we can pray with you about, if there's something that, that we can help you with, if you've got questions or whatever, I'm not hard to find. You can find me on Facebook. Sydney knows how to get a hold of me. Maybe it's not Sydney or I, but maybe it's somebody that Maybe it's somebody that you trust, right? That you can go to and, and you can talk through this. And so that's my encouragement to you today. And um, remove the clutter. I didn't know how bad it was holding me back until I got rid of it. And it was so freeing. Susan and I look at ourselves today in our little tiny room and <laughs> our living room in our RV and we think, man, like, some people probably think we're crazy, but, but um, it, it's really, it's, it's been uh, freeing from not uh, having the clutter in our lives. And so, may God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And thank you so much, Sydney. I'll turn it over to you. Amen. Cut your hair just for me. He, was, he had a mohawk. Man, man, bro, you can't come up in a mohawk, man. That'd scare people off. If you know Steve, you've got a personal relationship with Steve. We just want to pray over he and Susan as we close up our time. If you're here, you'd like to be a part of that. You'd like to stand with us. Would you come? If you're man, uh, women, if you'll just, because, just because of space, if you have a relationship with Steve, you know Steve, you want to come up and just lay hands on him. We want to pray over he and Susan today. And come on, um, 
but uh, Steve's a great blessing, he and his family. Um, you see what you get. They've had to go through a lot of decluttering to do what they do. I'm amazed at, at all that they're able to accomplish. We want to pray for them today. And listen, if you're here, man, you want to talk to somebody about Jesus, we'd love to be able to talk to you about Jesus. Um, for you to be filled with the Spirit, something else has got to be diminished, though. Isn't that right, Sharon? There's only so much. Let's pray over my brother. Father, what a blessing it is to have our friend, our brother, our sister um, here with us today to pray over them. They are, they are hands and feet of this ministry. They are out doing ministry beyond these walls, not just inside these walls. When we pray for them, we pray encouragement. Father, we pray provision. We pray protection, safety. God, as they continue to do your work, help us as a church body to recognize the responsibility we have um, Father, as we send them out to, to walk alongside of them, to pray for them in this season, Father, thank you for the ministry, for the encouragement that we receive in knowing what a blessing it is to know there are things that are happening in multiple places all around, uh, that the gospel is, is being carried beyond these walls to other countries so that others may know. Father, thank you for their faithfulness. Uh, as a church, as a body, as we continue to bless them and, and walk alongside and pray for them, Lord, I pray that we would recognize the specific responsibility that we have, not to just pray for Steve and Susan, but to ask that question, Lord, what, what is it you want of me? How can I be involved? I pray today, Lord, that that sinks very deep within us, that this isn't just about us sending somebody else, but Lord, you've called us to go. So what does that look like in our lives? Bless us as we walk out these doors today. Remind us that we are your hands and feet. God, that we are your ambassadors, uh, that we are the light into the world. I say it again, we need Christmas. May we never forget why we do what we do. May the gospel continually be within our hearts and minds and our, our, our voices as we speak truth. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for this season. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.